Yo, yo, thanks for listening to the podcast. This next episode is taken straight from a Q&A session that I had at Snapshot Interactive in Nashville, Tennessee, working with their team on answering Q&A around SEO, SEM, digital strategy, how to incorporate that into the web design process, and it's pretty interesting. So I've uh, got about 30 good minutes of uh, question and answer session with some really smart people. Check it out. Yeah. In- That's right. That's right. I think that's uh, one of the punchlines of me wanting to do this is uh, to give everybody a little bit of an idea of what the heck we've been doing. <laughs> Let everybody know that like we can do that now and that, that like the more that you all, if you ever feel like any of this should be part of any discussion. and then if we develop some consistency of how it gets to our digital strategy team and what action items might make sense either pre-sale or during an engagement or whatever I mean we're willing to do stuff pre-sale so this is I think is another it could just be a differentiator to win another project it doesn't have to be a project on its own but yeah the point of today is that it certainly could be like its own standalone business That's not correct. Because I don't think that you can do social media advertising with I think it just fails without the content. I think without the content that's right for the target audience, then the ad is just like any other billboard that you would drive by that may or may not be like you're driving home and you see something for life insurance and you don't you're not in the market for life insurance to me that's the risk of like you know but we will we will do that so let me back up so we will do what you said but we don't only do what you said if that makes sense because like if if a client i would say right now would you agree like there's just this crazy mix of everything so there's clients that do their own social media content that feed us everything to post and we do that and the reason why i think we want to do that is because we can do things like embed a url campaign modifier in the post that they would have done and then we have that tracked back to a google Analytics dashboard that says when you make a post that has this type of photo in it and you make a post on a wednesday between 10 and 11 a.m it performs better than when you do it at this other time or at so we can add value around like just doing the posting. Um, we can we can create the content to your question. Like we want to create the content or be part of creating the content because if we're on the hook for the results, then like we should be and the content is a big piece of whether or not something's gonna work, then like we wanna do the content too. But if the client's like we're only gonna hire you to place the ad, we're gonna do the content. I mean we're not gonna say no to that. But we're gonna, so we're gonna say yes to it, but then along the way, we're gonna say, hey, maybe let's think, we're gonna provide that extra value of like how to improve the content. 
That's kind of what we're doing with the SEO right now. Like we have these SEO clients. We've started to do the blogging and the social media as part of that without it being in the scope of work because we know that that's how we're going to get good SEO. But um, it's up to each. Some clients have said like it's resonated really well and they want us to do more. And they're ending up being in the different scope of work for us to do more. We typically do that before there's the scope so they can see the value of it. I think they're, I'm really glad you asked that because I don't know if that's, like, I don't know. It's been in proposals, right? Like, it's been in a lot of proposals. Snapchat, we haven't done anything. But, but like, as part of a digital strategy roadmap, if we determine that someone's audience is on Snapchat or is going to be on Snapchat, then our team is going to take on the work of trying to be the best at Snapchat that that particular brand could hire to do that content for them and or track the effectiveness of it. It's just all changing so fast. Like, we'll be the first to admit, like, okay, we've never done this before, but. I mean, we know if we can prove that that's where your audience is or where it's going to be, and it's only going to cost you X, Y, or Z versus all this other stuff you're doing, aka it makes sense, let's do it. And then we, if we can do the content, I guess my like thesis is like if we can do the content part right, then it's just a matter of taking that content and um, repurposing it for the marketing channel. So like something for Snapchat would be totally different than for like medium.com or link, like a blog on LinkedIn. But like if Mark writes a blog, Mark writes an amazing blog on LinkedIn, we could turn something from that into a snap story. It just might be like a video of him talking about for five seconds about like the punchline of what his LinkedIn thing you know? And then getting that into a snap story ad or a like a filter, I don't know, like Snapchat's totally different, right? Like you might do a filter, you might create like, you might buy a filter around a specific location. So if a client is like live event activation type client and stuff like that, then that's where the Snapchat thing would probably make more sense to Anyway, hence my depends on the client and what, what makes sense for their business. But I'm glad you're asking all this because that's where my mind's at. Like, yes, we would do that. I mean. I talked to somebody the other day a few weeks ago about they're doing AR for like, they think it might make sense for bands and they've got the ability to uh, play a vinyl record and have like the, uh, the band like show up on the record playing it 
and he described it to me and I like I didn't understand the technology behind it at all but I just thought that would be great content for something it's probably at a way too high price point for a client to like weave it into a digital marketing engagement right now but I mean I would even say we would look like look into trying to make that a piece of content but we have we're so right now I couldn't even I would just be honest and say we've never done anything like that kind of like Snapchat, so. Okay. Good to know. Another reason why I'm glad we're doing this. <laughs> so we got like, we, got, we have the ability to, to draw, design, and deploy, and actually use our own Snapchat filters. That's cool. <laughs> I think we should for many reasons and whenever I talk about snapshot everyone always says did you say snapshot or snapchat and we can almost play on that a little bit and have some fun with it. that's cool great questions though thanks John The question more around what the client's budget is and what's possible for the budget versus no, what's right to do. Or is, there, is there a reason that you that outside of what One example is uh, I worked with a pizza company in Michigan that was a startup and they wanted to know, there was just this email that came across. They had already signed up for the digital strategy roadmap, everything. And they were like, the it was the developer. It's like the perfect example of everything coming together. It was like the developer and the designer and one of the business owners were talking about like, I really like the long scroll design. I really think we should have the full width long scroll design. I personally like it. I think we all like it for like many reasons. But then I was like, okay, let's get to the let's get to the data. So I looked at Domino's and this other pizza place that had the long scroll. And I think if you still go to Domino's.com, it's like it looks like a 2007 website in some regards because it's all like it's kind of short and squatty and all. It's like square. It's square in a container. Yeah, and so but it's all about online ordering. And so they wanted online ordering, this client. And so 
Domino's bounce rate at the time, this was a couple of years ago, was like 15% and their time on site was like 13 minutes and it was clear that that was because people were going there to order their pizza. And so the other long scroll competitors that we looked, like, that we looked at for the pizza space had like uh, 40 to 70% bounce rates in like one minute and 45 seconds on the site. And so one of our insights for that competitor analysis was, we know you like the long scroll, but this is what the data says about the short square for online ordering. It's not always that black and white though. So to your point, a lot of times it's like, the insights are hard to siphon out of the competitive analysis because you could, end up looking at a lot of different websites and seeing, you might see a best practice that for whatever reason is a, has a high bounce rate. And so that's why some of these things take a lot of time to get to like what, and then like there might be three things. And we come to the table with like, here are the three things that are based on the data that we need to do. But then um, it's not it's not as black. And like, so the Dom, like that pizza client was like thrilled at that insight. And then there's other clients where there's just not as much there. And we have to, but that's why it's good to get more eyeballs on it in those cases and figure out like, what is it about this design that we should recommend based on the data? Yeah. I mean, like, we're just For the competitive analysis, it's a third-party tool that we use called Similar Web that we uh, we can see we can type in as many we can see whatever domain um, and all, all of that data. And uh, so for that side, it's a lot of like looking, giving an eyeball audit to the site, and then cross-referencing it with the data. Most of the time, you'll see like because we're all in the business of doing this, you guys would be really good at this because you would be able to see like. Um, the commonality between the usability best practices and where they, where the uh, engagement levels kind of back that up, and then you'd be able to like you'd be able to say, we need to do this because I see, now I see it and the data is backing it up. And so then there's other then Google Analytics is different. So Google Analytics I think is what we can use to build every site. I think that the competitive analysis can help us with the wireframe and the layout and what types of content can go on the page. The Google Analytics analysis can help us with that, but more so with the sitemap because we can see uh, top pages. But then, so we can see top pages based on traffic, but then we can see cross-reference that with bounce rate and time on the page and do they exit when they get to that page. Then we cross-reference that with like, should they be exiting on that page? Is that a page where it's a conversion page and it's good that they're exiting there? So then we can prioritize like, okay, here's, and then there's some where it's like, um, you know, you eyeball audit the current site and then you look at the Google Analytics and it's like careers has like the top thing in the nav bar because that's their goal or whatever, but it's not even in the top 50 pages, like no one's clicking on it. So, Google Analytics, I think, is good for the site map. I think competitive analytics are good for everything else. And it's kind of escaping right now, but you guys would be really good at that, though. <laughs> and that's where I think we would, like, we could start looking at that together. And then you would be able to, like, 
Because probably with some of the stuff, it would be frustrated to be handed it and then kind of try to figure out well, why. Like, what did you actually look at? Because kind of I, I don't understand where you're coming from. That's a good, you just made me think of something. So like, let's say you've got the slider and you've got five slides and um, the client's like set on that concept of the slider. And I think what we can see in the data is, you know, how how each slide gets engaged with, like what's the, what's the amount of page traffic to each of the click-through pages on the slides. And so, if we can convince the client even to do like, a, like let's serve them randomly, let's get something out of the slide. Like let's get some kind of business, sorry, this could be a blog post. Let's get some business value out of the slide. Meaning let's serve it up randomly and then let's see which of those pages get engaged with the most, clicked through the most, and then we have data around what types of content your audience is actually interested in. And then we can say to the client that we don't want the slider for, but they want the slider. We can say, we know that we can lower your bounce rate by X amount if you just let us have this one picture there that's not a carousel. And we can have the data to back that up. So it's like this step, does that make sense? So it's like this step-by-step -step process of saying, let's forget your opinion on the slider. Let's forget our opinion on the slider. Let's lower your bounce rate. Here's how we're gonna do that. We're gonna have a random slider see which one gets clicked through the most, take that one, make it as the original. It's like a A, B, C, D, E, F test. And then you have the data around doing that. And then I think you can have the, then the, I think then you've taken the conversation away from like fighting over a slider and you've made it into something like, this is gonna help you drive leads. And then it's just, they don't even care. They're like, yes. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. And to me, those are just, those are website project clients. Those are like, I think it becomes clear where they're like, they want a website project, that's cool, let's give them one. And then there are those that like, on the digital strategy side, like what I feel is everyone's like, a, we, you better help our business grow or else we're not gonna work with you anymore. And then there's some that are like, we just want a website the way we want it. And I think every, I don't know, that speaks to like, not everybody's a digital strategy client maybe. But we can, if it's, if it helps you design a website and get from point A to point B, then like that kind of drives, to me that drives our team to want to do it, like at some level for everything we do. So, awesome. Yeah, we're good, man.
Yeah, I mean, the, so the youth, there's a UTM parameter on every nav link. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, oh, click event. I love drives. To me, that drives our team to want an event, like at some level for everything that we do. So, awesome. Yeah, we're good, man. Yeah, I mean, the, so the U, there's a UTM parameter on every nav link. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, oh, click event. Yeah, click I love that, because I want to have, I mean, it's up to me. If it's up to me, I'd have heat mapping on every site, I'd have visitor recordings on every site, I'd have that on every site. It gets to be a little bit, it could be a little bit overkill for, for particular clients, but like, I think it's super valuable to have that data, because then like, it will help you sell, it will help us sell. Yeah, but that's, that's almost Yeah, the scroll events. Because then it's just, because how many times will the client come back to you and be like, we need a little bit of a facelift, what do you guys think we should do? I think we go straight to that data and we go, okay, well, here's where users are scrolling to, here's what they're clicking on. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the click tracking thing, like that's even better than my example of looking at the pages in Google Analytics because then you've got the click through. Yeah. 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 So I mean, are you saying like, is did a client ask you that? Thanks, guys. Did it? Okay. And you were cool with that, or you were like, oh, that's kind of a pain. Okay, and then um, that's cool. I mean, to me, that's cool. I would, I would hope that they would be looking at that if they requested it. Yeah, yeah. And was it just out of curiosity? Like, was that a big, was that a big undertaking for you? Yeah, because you could just go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because I had one point, it was, I had to take a 10%, 20%, 30%, all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have a lot of videos, too. Yeah. We have Google Analytics, X. they're in our Google Analytics. They might be. I might be. I might be. I would just want to get a look. What I want to start doing is, like, 
knowing generally. Actually, I don't want to talk to you about this. Yeah. Do you actually like, do you know, we can talk later about this, but what I'd want to do is somehow automate some data points from all of our Google Analytics account and roll them up into like insights. So in other words, let's look at, an example would be like, let's look at uh, January through June of 17 and compare mobile versus desktop traffic trending to January versus June of 16 on all 2,000 sites that we have Google Analytics access to and not not point out domain names specifically, but if we could say like the data really is that like out of a thousand websites, like the mobile mobile average trend is like 57% higher than a year ago, for example. And if, like the Google Analytics API, I just wonder if that's like, if, if, if we're able to... I mean, we, we wouldn't need, I mean, we could just take, we could take the top 10 highest traffic sites. We wouldn't even, right. we didn't need to go into the process. I mean, if it's going to the API call, we said, like, every month, you can do 100 calls. Like, Yo, thanks for listening to episode six, the digital strategy question and answer session at Snapshot Interactive in Nashville, Tennessee. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate your ear.